Hello and welcome to the Knowledge at HEC Hard News podcast. I'm Daniel Brown, Chief Editor in the Communications Department. Today, Daniel Martinez discusses the decision by a top French court to legalize the sale of CBD if produced by an EU member state. Extrêmement attendu et qui vient d'éclaircir en fait la place du CBD en France alors la Cour de cassation long illegal in France, the government now permits the sale of CBD-based products following a European Court of Justice ruling last November. On June the 26th, France's highest appeal court overruled an earlier decision to ban the sale of a non-psychotic compound that's related to cannabis called cannabidiol or CBD. The ruling came a year after the EU Court of Justice ruled that no national law can ban the sale of CBD if it's legally produced in a member state. CBD is a non-psychoactive component of marijuana, which, despite its widespread use, remains illegal in France. During Emmanuel Macron's 2017 election campaign, the candidate proposed to lighten some of Europe's most repressive anti-cannabis laws established back in 1970. I propose simplifying the process so that police can take action immediately with the possibility of just giving a fine. Daniel Martinez is associate professor in the HEC accounting department. He has spent years studying the creation of markets for legal cannabis in the United States. Daniel's initial reaction to this latest decision by the French courts. Well, it's a bit of relief for shop owners. So the regulatory environment in which these stores operate became a bit more stable. But it's still a gray market. It's, it's risky. Uh, So rules are not completely clear about CBD in particular. So there are contradictory rules and there are different ways of reading the rules. And CBD stores are reading the rules in a certain way and law enforcement in another way. So that's why some of these CBD stores have been getting shut down since 2018, since they started popping up in the streets of France. And these sellers are kind of trying to distinguish what they're doing from marijuana with high levels of THC. So let's be clear with what we're talking about. CBD comes usually, certainly in Europe, from uh, hemp, uh, which is a type of cannabis that has very low level levels of THC, tetrahydrocannabinol, which is the psychoactive ingredient. That's the stuff that will get you high, right? This is called marijuana. And then there's another family within cannabis, which is called hemp, that's used often for industrial purposes and has very low levels of THC, but it has some uh, CBD, which is a cannabidiol. Um, that is used for kind of therapeutic uh, reasonings, right? So it's, it calms down and, uh, you know, has all these alleged health benefits to it. And that's what these stores are selling. And they're trying to distinguish CBD, the therapeutic, from the recreational or THC stuff. And what they're finding, though, is that the police and law enforcement are, are not buying it either. How do you compare it to other European countries? Well, in terms of sourcing, you know, Italy is a Poland, the Czech Republic is, is quite into um, the production of, of hemp for the extraction of CBD. 
I think the Czech Republic allows 0.3% THC, but these sellers, these shops here in France are not sourcing their hemp, their CBD from, you know, Italy, Poland, or the Czech Republic. They are sourcing it mainly from Switzerland or from the US, which they think are better quality products. And so the regulation right now that was passed or the pronouncement is mainly directing these coffee shops to source from the EU. One moment CBD is allowed, then forbidden, then they want to ban the flower. We try to keep up with the changes. They check up on us regularly. We've had the police, the customs, we've even had the fraud squad checking on us at times. All this, Daniel, seems to reinforce this grey zone on CBD itself and, and also the grey zone between CBD and, and cannabis. Would you say the French and, and the EU in general continue to be ambiguous and some say conservative over these questions or it's much more complex than that? France is quite conservative, I think, in relation to the rest of the EU. So France is a you know, high consumer of, of marijuana and has one of the harshest penalties in the EU. And the US has been debating and legalizing marijuana since the late 1990s for medicinal purposes, right? And it started legalizing marijuana for recreational purposes since around 2012. And France is now just opening stores for hemp. So that's how conservative it is. The French government has been preparing new regulations since then. Hemp flour can now be cultivated to extract CBD for processed products such as oils or creams, but it will be prohibited for sale in its raw state, which currently accounts for 50 to 80 percent of turnover in CBD shops. The argument put forward is that the police. My problem with talking about this is that um, I'm not an expert on regulation. My focus is really on like information systems and accounting. <laughs> Right. So, you know, you kind of took me a little bit out of my comfort zone. And this is I'm going to step a little bit out of my comfort zone, too, with what I'm going to say here is that I think in the U.S. and in Canada, a long part of the debate uh, of legalization has been social justice. It's not just about market creation. It's about having to put a stop to this war on drugs that has targeted people of color, poor people, or people of different political orientations who are like not conservative. <laughs> and that has been a long conversation. And since legalization, it has mainly been about industry now and about market creation. And what we learned from Colorado is that even after the legalization of medical and then recreational cannabis, people who were disproportionately incarcerated because of cannabis, such as you know, people of color, are not benefiting from legalization. And so they are still in the margins of legalization. I think in France, we could focus on markets but I think it's also important to focus on what are the communities that are not included in that debate. And who has been disproportionately affected by drug laws in France? 
is a conversation that needs to happen and they need to be part of the decision-making process, right? And, you know, there are, stud there are studies, there are studies documenting how, you know, of, of 50 years of cannabis prohibition in France has disproportionately affected France, uh, France's Muslim minority, right? And this is the debate in, in the US and in Canada that has been kind of, you know, watered down uh, because we are focusing mainly on market making. And my concern is that, you know, this will be watered down in France because we want to have more conversations about market making. I went to a uh, juvenile courtroom in Denver. An extract a of a 2019 ago, CBS News item featuring New York Times reporter Jack Healy. Ending up in court for small possession charges was, and still most of the faces who were ending up in that courtroom were Hispanic and African-American kids. So there still is this racial disparity, but at the same time, those numbers have really plunged and we're not seeing as many people actually ending up in the criminal justice system. I'd like to bring in your research. So you've written research papers on the creation of a legal market for cannabis in the U.S. states like uh, Colorado. Does this globalizing of, uh, of these questions in the Western world anyway uh, impact and, and interest you in terms of uh, ongoing research? Yes, a lot. There are, I think, a few ways in which I interpret what's happening in the world of cannabis through what we have learned in Colorado. Um, and by we, I mean the work I've been doing with my colleagues, uh, Dane Fluger here at ATC and with Tommaso Palermo at the London School of Economics. And when Colorado legalized cannabis, they had no blueprint and they had to start making up rules based on alcohol, based on gambling, based on tobacco, based on agricultural products and so on. And now these other jurisdictions, certainly in France, can learn the lessons from Canada, from the US, from Uruguay and other jurisdictions in the world uh, engaging with these legalizing activities or decriminalizing activities or the emergence of these types of markets. And there are maybe a few lessons that we can take away from Colorado. I think one is that they went through a gray market similar to what growers or sellers are encountering here. But in Colorado, it lasted 10 years and it was followed by a lot of police raids. But the point is that the industry developed in this period of uncertainty. Some made it through to adapt to this regulatory environment. And those that made it learned how to deal with changes in the regulation while also learning how to provide goods and services to uh, the customer. So this gray zone, this gray market is also a filter, right? It's, it's something that these companies had to go through and they took some valuable lessons from that to adapt to this current environment where regulations are still changing in, in Colorado, by the way. And going through that gray period, that wild west that some of the interviews talked about, allowed them to kind of learn how to adapt to changes in regulation. The other lesson is that in Colorado, there was a lot of stakeholder engagement. In Colorado, regulators and industry had to engage. No one had experience with the legal market. So they had to collaborate through working groups to share on the ground experiences with one another. So that back and forth between regulators and industry was really important. That's an important lesson. 
Um, three is that regulators developed a way to visualize and organize market components. And they learned how to distinguish their market from illegal ones. That's essential for distinguishing what's happening in Colorado from an illegal market, which is essential for the federal government to not intervene. Because in the US, at the state level, cannabis is legal in Colorado, in Colorado but illegal federally. So regulate, regular, regulators in Colorado have to provide an image to, um, to the federal government that it is legal, that it is a clean, a legitimate market. And they do this through an inventory tracking system. They do this through um, um, licensing regimes. But the point is regulators provide a vision of their jurisdiction as being legitimate. And they have several tools to do this in Colorado and the inventory tracking system and licensing. And lastly, um, and a lesson is tax the darn thing, right? Um, in Colorado, they taxed it and they raised the money to address the social costs related to cannabis legalization, right? So there are more public education campaigns. You could use the funds to um, finance substance abuse treatment and prevention. So there are some lessons from the Colorado experiment, because it's an experiment that has spread through other jurisdictions, other states in the US and to other states such as Canada. And we could use these to maybe help foster a kind of type of a discussion here in France and in other European or world countries. Daniel Martinez, HEC Associate Professor of Accounting. Daniel's co-signed a study with HEC colleague Dane Fluger and LSE's Tommaso Palermo called Invisible Infrastructure for Visible Markets. The subtitle is Metric and the Legal Markets for Cannabis in Colorado. Well, that's it for this Knowledge at HEC Hard News podcast. After we return from our academic break in August, we'll be discussing more current affairs with top professors from HEC Paris. Until then, goodbye and have a nice vacation. <laughs>